This is the Reconstructed Man Podcast. Welcome to our second episode. I'm Lane Ingram, and with me as always uh, is my homie, not lover, and friend, <laughs> Daniel Thurman. Uh, this is an exciting night. It's election night 2020, um, and I feel like we've been waiting almost four years for this. I know I have. Yeah. Um, and that's central to what we're going to be talking about today. Um, some of it just to help each other kind of get through it, stay sane. Um, and the other part of it to really talk about what's on the line and what's going on um, and how we got here. So, Daniel, how you doing tonight? I'm all right, actually. I think I'm okay. I'm doing better than I had originally thought that I would have been feeling at this point. But I also think it's because we're a couple hours shy of any of the results uh, coming in yet. So I'm, I'm, I'm not quite holding my breath yet. Still feeling pretty good. Took a run today. Uh, got some energy out. But uh, yeah, a lot's ahead of us for sure. How you feeling? You know, I'm doing all right. You know, I don't. I didn't sleep last night. I think uh, I think a bit of anxiety about today because yeah. there's a lot going on. Um, I also had a tooth pulled yesterday, which is a fiasco. Um, <laughs> so hopefully, you know, I can, you know, my jaw doesn't swell up or something while we're in here talking okay. about these important issues. But otherwise, otherwise doing. <laughs> I'll just well. let you know if you got a little, tonight. a little dribble over there. But I think you're you're doing okay no, right really, now. Really, yesterday the left side of my face was numb for like six hours and like. Oh. It's just not a good look. You uh, know? It's not a good look on me. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you're uh, you're a little fresher today. You're looking good. A little fresher today. I like your shirt Working too. Thank you. That's nice. It's important that we all vote. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So on that note, a little bit about the the uh, episode tonight uh, on the Reconstructed Man podcast. We're going to be discussing of all things democracy. It is election night, as Lane's already mentioned. Um, it's a long anticipated event with so many implications for so many people. It's hard for any of us really to fully comprehend everything that's at stake. Um, we chose to focus tonight's episode on the idea of democracy because we believe that hope lies in participation, participation in casting your vote, but in all other ways that we each can participate, like being informed and by knowing who and what is informing you, by talking to each other, protesting, donating, educating, listening, supporting. The list is almost endless. Democracy is about all of us having and taking the opportunity to make this country a better place. And when we say all of us, we mean especially those of us whose voices are often silenced. This is our time to speak up, our time to speak out. And we are dedicating this show to all of those whose votes will be thrown out and not counted. And for all of those, despite the pressures, the fear tactics, and those that have endured all the barriers put in their way, still showed up, stood in line to cast their vote. And the show is for you. Great. Shows for you. It reminds me, I sent a tweet out um, about a week ago um, to the people who were early voting in Georgia, you Mm -hmm. know, just standing in line for hours and hours and just said, you know, not there with you, but I'm with you. You know, we have to fight. So, I mean, we're in the fight of our lives. And that's um, that's a powerful statement you just made. And when I think about these states that we could flip blue, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we're just in we're just in such a fight. You know, we're talking about California, Texas, Florida. Arizona, Michigan, Wisconsin, those right there. I mean, it's over. And so the people in those states, uh, their resilience is, uh, it's going to, it could save us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's been really interesting. Um, so living in Detroit right now, um, I was in Lansing in in Michigan, um, when Obama was elected president and, uh, I was very, uh, involved in that campaign and getting the vote out. And it was, uh, I thought was probably going to be the biggest 
presidential election of my lifetime. Um, it felt that way. Like it was, it was deep. Right. Um, and I was so impressed with the, um, the efforts to get voters to turn out. Um, I didn't think I'd really see anything like that. I thought it would kind of be the, the beginning of, um, a lot more disenfranchised people voting, but there's something different that's happening this year. And I think even the people that, um, didn't vote for Obama, um, or voted for Obama and then didn't vote last uh, election. Um, the get out the vote campaign is incredible in the city right now. So I'm hoping that it's being replicated across the country. And what I'm reading, it does look like that's a, a huge effort. I have been getting text messages about, and I, I hear my phone going off like crazy right now. And I think it's it's um, you know people just trying to reach out from all these different organizations, volunteers just trying to make sure that. Uh, you know how to still cast your vote. You know where to go if something's happened uh, and you didn't get to cast your vote. How you um, how you uh, are able to get a report out about that? Making sure people have rides to um, the polling places. It's just been incredible, and this has been going on for weeks. So I'm really excited to see what the votes actually look like, not only for the presidency, but for the Senate and for these local elections, uh, because the campaign, I think, to get the vote out has been so strong. So I'm really excited to see how that looks. Well, I mean, they've had lots of great people out there, too. I mean, yeah, Michelle mm-hmm. and Barack Obama, um, got Batman, Michael Keaton. Um, and then to your point, they have all these great sites now, you know, like when we all vote, mm-hmm. vote to save America, um, I will vote.com. And the thing that I've liked about it is the stressing of um, making a plan. Right. And I really like how they've targeted the youth vote. Um, there's a really cool video mm-hmm. that came out by um, yellow pain called my vote don't count. And I mean, it really broke down to people what each branch of the government does. So people can understand like every four years, yes, we have a presidential election, but you need to vote. You need to understand all of these other offices. And then you have to come back two years later, right? Because these people really affect Mm -hmm. your neighborhoods. And so um, it's been, I agree. I mean, it's been incredible, but we're at a really, really, really critical um, place right now in our democracy, in our society and how we interact with each other. Because, you know, before Obama, I didn't really have to get too involved in politics. I mean, that's just the truth. I didn't, you know, I was a little bit younger, but also it hadn't seeped into my life. Right. And then when Obama came, it was like, Oh my God, we're about to have a black president. And he was so wonderful. So smart. So Mm -hmm. charismatic. And there was going to be a change. Right. And people were behind it. And that was awesome. But then I feel like I got an eight year break from politics because like we were good. Right. (laughs) Right. Everything's fine. You know, like nobody hates. I mean, if you hate Obama, like whatever you did, you know, people had issues. Some people didn't like some of his policies, blah, blah, blah. But like we weren't um, a laughing stock. We weren't an embarrassment. I wasn't worried that like, um, you know, a whole group of people were going to be killed or their insurance taken away. I mean, everything was fine, you know? And so I just think, I think that everybody um, who's kind of got their head on straight at least has gotten to the point where it's like, we have to do something, and I and I think that's why these campaigns have looked like that. A hundred million people voted early. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, incredible. That is, yeah, I mean that's incredible, mm-hmm. and that's because like we know, right? So, yeah, yeah. I, but unfortunately, I think there were a lot of people that weren't happy with an Obama presidency, and I don't even know if it was Obama presidency or if it was Obama the person, and that's. You know, I think a lot more of where the issues stand. I mean, we're really seeing a nation that is completely 
at least in appearance, divided. Um, and it's really interesting, you know, to see the COVID-19 response and how politicized that's become, like how political everything feels right now, the separation, this division. Um, and it's really frustrating because um, I hear both sides talking about, you know, this is a, a campaign and an election of good versus evil. And it's got me scratching my head of like, I, it's really hard to understand how, how we uh, got here. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons for it. How we stayed here. I yeah. mean, I guess you can't really say how we got here when you think about America's history, right? Like just what's bubbling under mm-hmm. the surface all the time. And I guess in that respect, during Obama's eight years, right? Like it gave people eight years to be pissed about a black guy in the white house. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can call that what it is. Sure. I mean, there's some people yep. who feel that way and it just is that mm-hmm. there's some people who might, like we said, disagree with those policies, but like, there's issues in America and it's showing its ugly head. I mean, that's, right. you know, and it's not a nation divided, honestly, because there's more of us than there are mm-hmm. of them. Certainly. Right. They just are louder because they have somebody who is empowering their behavior. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's it. And we need that. We need it. We need it to stop. Right. That, and, you know, well, and I think, you know, that kind of brings me to a, a an important point that I think that we have arrived at in this country that we really need to embrace and figure out how we, we momentize it, which is the fact that if you took all of the marginalized minorities, disenfranchised people in this country, and we could all get behind um, a leader and a philosophy and um, uh, a way of life, it would not look uh, divided the way that it does right now. There are way more people mm-hmm. on this side of the aisle, I think, that have been marginalized, that that need to get their voices out, and that have uh, common beliefs on the way things should go. But there's been a um, divide and conquer mentality in this country that has worked incredibly well for decades, and I think that's why sometimes we're seeing a lot of this infighting amongst groups that are have been historically marginalized. Um, or disenfranchised to the point that they're not voting or their votes are being disqualified. And I think it's a real problem because I think our elections would have looked very, very different if in the past, you know, three or four election, um, uh, some of the, the elections in the past three or four years, uh, certainly, you know, and probably longer than that. Yeah, I, I think we just, uh, I think we're in for a exciting ride tonight. Mm-hmm. And I no think doubt. that um, we need we need a change to occur because we're at a tipping point. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just think about how much, uh, pain some people have felt over the last four years. I think about, um, missed opportunities from 2016 even. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's kind of all coming, you know, hitting me tonight because when I said, I feel like we've been waiting for this for almost four years. Um, you know, radio shows that I listen to, I've been counting this down for over 200 days, you know, mm-hmm. and to, like to be at this day where it's up to us, you know, I mean, and that means something on so many different levels, right? Like just on the fact that we're not even, well, I mean, we're, we're barely 50 years out from the voting rights act. I mean, mm-hmm. there's just, there's just so many things that we have, <laughs> you know, there's mm-hmm. just so many things yeah. about yeah. this. So I'm curious on, on a personal note, um, what do you think has been the most difficult thing for you in the past four years? And maybe there's not one thing, right? But like what stands out to you is 
you know, when you think about ugh, the past four years, like what really, uh, you know, feel like makes you feel like it took you down or just it was just like a marathon that you just didn't think would ever end. You know, I, I hate when people do this, but I'm going to have to say two things because they are a tie um, for me. And I think one is definitely the the racial unrest that we've just seen as a result of um, this guy in the White House empowering these people to be their worst selves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just the treatment of our LGBTQIA plus community. I mean, those have been really hard things to sit back and watch. And one thing in particular um, – you know, we're, we're fortunate to have great jobs. I have a good job, I have a good job that has good insurance, you know, and everybody's not that fortunate. And so, you know, when you talk about taking healthcare away from trans people, that hurts my feelings and it makes me angry mm-hmm. as hell. Um, when you say that trans people can't uh, serve in the military, like that pisses me off, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, there's, there's LGBTQIA plus things that have happened over this four years that just, I mean, like burn me up inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, the color of my skin is back to being a main issue. Um, you know, he's got to go for me. Mm-hmm. So I'd yeah. say those are my two things, and they're pretty neck and neck, yeah. you know, because I can't change either one of them about me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so true, right? So true. That's just a hard reality. That about it's you? It's like you wake up every morning and you're just yeah. like, you know, what do I do with this? Yeah. Incredibly yeah. tough. Right. I think and a what's lot of- today going to be like, or who could I run into that mm-hmm. could make it a problem? Right. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm sick of that shit. And honestly, um, you know, I think we'll probably get to this and I'm sorry to jump ahead, but I mean, part of me does hope that the, that, that if Biden wins that the, I do hope that they go crawl back under the rock. Like you'll be exposed, but like, it's not okay. Yeah. And we'll be to the point as a society that like, when you behave that way or like, you're going to get called out. And like these people have, they've lost their jobs. They've, I mean, you need to, mm-hmm. because I mean, as you can tell, I'm, I mean, I'm angry. Like even just to think about it. I mean, but that's how much is on the line right now. Like people don't know how to act anymore, yeah. but that's because it's okay in our society. Yeah. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's just, it's, um, it's, I think for me, what's been so challenging is to wake up every day and, and see everything that you just mentioned happen. And then so much more and watch our political system allow it and then not know what mechanisms or not have mechanisms in place to be able to counter it. For four years, I think everyone has been just waiting for it to stop, for there to be some type of a, um, some type of protective measure that comes in and that just makes it stop, or that makes some horrible decision or some horrible implication go away, or not, you know, be able to be followed through, and to watch our democracy just um, kind of be on its knees is the way it's looked to me has been just so so upsetting but i think so much of it comes back to uh i think there's a lot i think part of it is who's been voting whose votes haven't been counting and where the dark money's going as far as who's supporting what candidates there has been so many things in place these mechanisms in place in this country for a long time that i think that either we didn't know about or we've just allowed and it's probably a combination of the two that have allowed the people um that have made these decisions stay in power there is um you know it's not just a president it's just not a lone man acting on his own. There has been a Senate and at, at some point before a House that has allowed him to do everything that he's done. 
and really used him in office to get what they've wanted and um, against the betterment of people and disenfranchised people. And it, it has to stop. I mean, it just has to stop. But that means that I mean, people but, have to vote and our votes have to count, right? But look at this, though. So you, you're looking at it from that perspective, right? So let's take the flip side of that to a person who wasn't super involved in politics, right? So then Barack comes and it makes sense, right? Like, I'm just thinking back. It's been 12 years now. I mean, I was... 27 that's not great but didn't affect me but anyway so right still not super involved in politics but like okay you know he's shaking hands with people in the white house things look fine nobody's mad (laughs) got bin laden okay right but then you fast forward to these last four years and you're like this doesn't seem right Mm -hmm. okay like you shouldn't be able to um bribe foreign that you know foreign other foreign governments and like the senate be like no no, it also doesn't feel like as the president of the United States, like, and it's not about the president, but like these people who are, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Enabling this behavior. Uh-huh, yeah. It's sort of unbelievable. Like you guys are the grownups that are in charge of our company, of our country. I mean, so on the flip side of it, like you're mad, you know, because you're used to this checks and balances. Our government works this way. The Senate, the house, the Congress, right. We have these different branches. Like you're used to things kind of, Working that way, like, I'm the person coming in like, this is not right. It's not okay. And how how are we not prepared? Mm-hmm. It's been hundreds of years. <laughs> it's been hundreds of years. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there there's just a lot that I think has come to the surface. I think uh, human behavior has come to the surface. Like you said, these people yep. that have been living under a rock that are, are blatantly racist, homophobic, sexist, you yep. name it, right? Um, nationalist. It's not to say Blatant that everyone that's voting for Trump is that way, but I think everyone that's voting for Trump is that way, honestly. I don't know what else to think. And, um, you know, it, it's like all these things have come to the surface. I think the incompetencies of our democracy have come to um, to show themselves yeah. to us, you know, the cracks in our systems. I think all of the our cracks. institutions are in need and have been in need of, I mean, if we look at our voting systems, our healthcare systems, our educational systems, our criminal justice systems, We're a joke. our judicial systems, they've all needed help and repair. And I, I think we're at a point right now where, I, unfortunately, I think COVID and this four years of uh, 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 an inappropriate illegitimate president came into effect and i think our systems are starting to crumble at a rate we never anticipated i think there's uh, there's an ability to rebuild and i don't think you and i would be here talking about any of this if we didn't think that there was a way because i think we're hoping to help you know in that direction but it's going to take a lot of work and this isn't going away tonight even if Biden wins, it's not going to go away. If the Democrats take over the, the Senate, it's not going to go away in the next year, maybe not even four years. This is something that we're going to be, fa- I think, have to be faced with for decades if we're really going to change into a country that you and I would recognize as a place that we'd want to be in and feel comfortable and feel seen and feel supported as citizens. It's a long way away. See, I think we could. I think the one thing is, and this is what I'm hoping for, you know, and this goes back to your question, but I think, or, you know, what, what we started talking about is I, I think we could maybe sleep a little better and not to say that everybody's not sleeping, but you know, when I think about the fact that we could have a black woman vice president, Mm -hmm. I think that's beautiful and amazing. Mm -hmm. And like that little thing alone, like gives my heart a little bit to like, to go. Right. And then to hear them say like, you know, we're going to protect 
you know, everybody's health care, um, trans rights are human rights. Um, the, the things that are important to me on a human level, mm-hmm. like, no, our system, you know, obviously has some cracks. Obviously we need better accountability. Obviously our, you know, our healthcare, our government, our courts, like that's a mess. But like, if we could get some grownups who care about basic human decency, mm-hmm. I think we've got like, you know, I think we're doing a little bit better because right now we have people in charge who have no idea what it's like to actually be a regular person in America. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's the fact. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's just incredible. Right. Um, so hopefully, and then throw in LGBTQIA and they're just like <laughs> throw in black, you know, mm-hmm. Latina, yep. you know, can't. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. So, all right. So that's been the past four years. If we could imagine fast forwarding four years, what do you think um, or what is your biggest hope in the next four years? Probably don't have to have one, but what do you think it would be right now? My biggest hope. um, I think that we have uh, such an opportunity to, to change the U.S. right now. Because of the the racial injustice and the, you know what I mean? I mean, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud, you know, Arbor, you know what I mean? Those those things are, are catalysts for us, I think. Mm-hmm. And as a black person, I don't see myself being willing to go backwards at all. Mm-hmm. And, I, and so I'm hopeful that, you know, as a society, we can be really honest about where we're at and and move that forward in a way that, I'm going to go ahead and say, but by the time my grandkids get here, right? Like it looks like, you know, even closer to what we hope it to be, you know, because Mm -hmm. these changes aren't overnight, but I'm hopeful that things that we need to happen in our communities, like, you know, we're talking about police reform and stuff like that. I mean, I'm hopeful for things like that. I'm hopeful for healthcare for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, That's affordable. You know I mean? Things that are just basic. Like I'm hopeful for basic ass Thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 What about you? You got hopes. Uh, I got I can see it. I got I got so many hopes. I got I got hopes. I think is it's as simple as I wanna see people mobilize together in this country. I wanna see the people that haven't been able to have their voice counted before or didn't feel confident in doing that or able to put themselves in our democracy. And I'm hoping they can see an outcome in it. I'm hoping that um, people that because of the color of their skin or because of their gender, their gender identity or their sexuality or their preference or because of their income level or their educational level or or because of where they were born, um, I hope to see all of these groups of people come together in a way that there can be some agreement and some support and that we start to mobilize and we start to mobilize the vote and we start to mobilize each other's um, uh, participation in, in our democracy. I hope that we can educate each other and empower each other and support each other. That's what I want to see. I want to see this voter turnout this year blow everyone's mind. I want to be able to, to see that happen not only every four years, but every two years and every year. And I want people to be invested in local, um, 
elections, and I want to see the politicians come into these areas that have been disenfranchised and start talking to them, right? I mean, this democracy for a long time in our political system has always talked to middle class. You win the middle class, you win the election. But that can't be anymore, right? I think you have to get out and you have to start talking to the people that make up a majority of this country, and that's minorities. That's, you know, that's racial minorities. That's um, economic minorities. That's, you know, the, yep. the whole host of them. And so I really, really want to see this election spark that. And I think in order for it to do that, we have to have some wins tonight. So that's my biggest hope. I like right what now. you said. I like what you said, because if you take it a little bit further, I think we, everybody doesn't have to agree with you our point of view, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Or the way that we see the world, or the way we think it should be. Oh, that's not what I mean. You know, like my political views, you know, what I mean is the stuff that makes us all the same. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I mean, I just feel like it could be so simple if we just said everybody matters. <laughs> and these are the basic things that people need to survive. Mm-hmm. And then maybe at some point we'll get a chance to go back and say, all right, let's look at the equity gaps, right? Like why some people start further behind and it's due to these several factors. Sure. How do we start to break those barriers? That's the stuff that takes a long time. Mm-hmm. Right. But I mean, if you got grownups in the room, you know, there's some pretty simple things as the greatest, most powerful country in the world that we can do. And so you, you made me think of that with what you said, because that I mean, it's not about our views. It's about humans. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's about involvement. It's about knowing your voice counts. I mean, we're, you know, uh, there's not, not every country in this world can people have the right to vote. And we have that. And there have been groups of people that have fought for that, that have died for that. Yeah. Not that long ago. Um, and I think we're going to look back at 2020 and we're going to be saying the same thing. Um, I mean, I'm looking at videos from today and from, um, was it, um, I might get this wrong and I apologize. I think it was North Carolina where there was a peaceful protest and there was, you know, tear gas and, and pepper spray put on to peaceful yep. protesters because it took them 14 seconds after their event ended to clear over, you know, hundreds yep. of thousands of people. Um, we're, we're seeing this over and over and over again, you know, and it's like, yeah, it's just, um, I keep are, seeing people say, so one of my favorite quotes I've seen is if it wasn't so important, they wouldn't be trying so hard to, to stop you from doing it. Mm-hmm. See what I mean? Yeah. But then on the flip side of that is you have, people have to ask themselves, why are they trying so hard to make it so difficult? Mm-hmm. Why are you making it so hard for us to vote? It is our right to vote. And what you said um, a minute ago about the people who, you know, didn't vote in 2016, right? We have some numbers on that. In in the 2016 election, 216,000 people aged 18 to 24 didn't vote. Mm-hmm. And like, you know what that means? I mean, you've got states that were, were decided by 20,000 votes or less. Yeah. Yeah. Our state was I mean, uh, decided by 10,000 votes in Michigan, 10. right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They said, okay, listen to this. This is why I think all of those, you know, when we all vote, vote, save America, I will vote.com. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're pointing at the youth because for 2020, 18 to 34 year olds make up 40% of eligible voters, 40%. 18 to what? That's 
18 to 34, not me or you, wow. bud. not me or you, <laughs> but 18 to 30. I mean, that's power. Do you mm, know? Right. 40% right. of the people that can vote. Right. And that, that is social justice, right? When people know yep. that their vote is going to be counted and it's going to make yep. a difference, we it have will. to get back to the point where we can say that as a country, we can't right now. Because we know that, uh, I believe it was between 2014 and 2018, 33 million votes were purged in elections. We know that there is voter suppression happening. We know that there are very uh, uh, systematic ways that organizations um, and, and our politicians have fought to have votes thrown out. There's gerrymandering, there's um, yep. disenfranchisement um, due to, to being um, incarcerated. There's so many different ways that we are discounting and discrediting and throwing out people's votes, their choice for who is going to lead them. And I think we, as a country... We can't just say when we go door to door and say we need you to vote. We also have to say we're fighting for your vote to count. And I think right now I'm starting to see a lot of mobilization that wasn't necessarily there four years ago, eight years ago, et cetera, right? We're back into yep. the, the second civil rights movement of this country or we're, we're in that right now. And it's all hands on deck. If, if you're an immigrant and you're not able to vote, there are other ways to get involved. If you're 17 or younger and you can't vote yep. yet, there's other ways to get involved. There's always ways to get involved and make a difference so um i would just encourage everyone um that's that's listening tonight and watching us to figure out a way go to any of the websites that lane's already mentioned aclu is a great one to get involved in the vote um a huge list of resources there but just get involved get involved so we like you know polls are closing so right now in lansing michigan it's six forty-three p.m right we know that Florida, they close at 7. Michigan, they close at 8. But the rules are, if you're in line, you get to stay in line. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. that could be going later. I mean, so to your point about voter suppression, we can't do it. We can't suppress ourselves, right? So let's talk about our people, right? So I saw LGBTQ voter turnout has increased, but 21% of LGBTQ adults are not registered to vote. And that was from mid-October 2020. 21% of mm -hmm. us Yeah. while they're taking away our health care and telling us that we can't serve in the military and gay marriage is back on the line. They won't let us adopt in certain places like that. We come on, mm -hmm. you know, right. like we, we have to do that. I mean, like I told you, Daniel, we were fortunate to have, you know, to be able to make it right with insurance, with good jobs and stuff like that. And I will vote every time for in every election, for every office, for people that don't have what I have. Yep. And if you don't have, you have the right to vote to get what you need to make it, mm -hmm. you know? Right. 21% of us adults yep. Yep. aren't registered. Yep. So yep. we got to make voting the thing. We got to make it cool. Absolutely. Right. And I think, yeah, we have to make it cool and we have to inform people. Um, you know, we've got, the, the World Wide Web right now. And we think that that's, that's doing such great things because we're able to disseminate a ton of information to anyone around the world. The problem is that there's so much information and we know that there are um, uh, a, a lot of false information out there that we really do need to educate ourselves as far as what sources are we getting things from? How are we knowing that something's true or false um, so that we can make informed, educated decisions um, about not only ourselves, but our community. I think that's one thing that's been really bothering me too is, is, you know, talking to people about 
um, or reading articles about why people are voting, you know, one way or another. And it seems like everything comes down to such a personal reason. Like I'm voting because, you know, Trump made my income go up for the past four years and it, uh, you know, I, or, uh, I, I have healthcare right now, or why do I care if this person has healthcare or they need to figure out why they don't have a job and they need to figure out how to make money. And I don't want to support their welfare. We're such a nucleus society and we've forgotten about the people around us, our community, our neighbors, even Does our family. Does a nucleus society mean selfish and entitled? Is that what you mean? <laughs> it, it, it's become that. It's totally become that, right? And I think we've got to, you know, I want us to get away from that. I want us to be thinking about what's, what is for the best interest of this country, you know? And sometimes it's the I same mean, thing. Oftentimes yeah. it's the same person or the same, you know, philosophy. Uh, but I think we've lost that. I think a lot of people have lost that, unfortunately, on both sides. I don't know how deep we'll end up going into this, you know, but I just had a conversation with somebody about, like, let's just take our military spending. And I don't pro- profess to be an expert, but let's just say it's, I'm just going to make this up. Let's say it's $10 billion, right? Okay. I think it's way more than that, but let's just say it's $10 billion. It, it would seem like we're doing all right. seems like we got enough. I mean, I'm being really simplistic here, but it seems like we've got enough planes and guns and bombs and like F-16s or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. Maybe for this year. Like what if we, what if next year we gave them 9 billion and what if we took a billion and was like, we're going to see if we can feed all the kids in elementary school across the country. So nobody has to be hungry. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying like, we just, we just need to really think about what, what's important to us here? Like, are our people important? Mm-hmm. Like, are the kids who right. don't get to eat important? Are homeless people important? Like, are people who live in these, uh, are marginalized communities important to us at all? Because if so, there's things that we could do. Right. There just are. Mm-hmm. There's, like, how can every, how can every other organized country in the world have some of these simple things figured out, but we can't, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, so. Right. Not that we want to go down that rabbit hole because we're talking about the election, but I mean, that's what's on the line because we have to make, we have to change it so that we can get off of this crazy train that we're on. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's going to take voting. Like I said, right. In this political system, it's been, if you win the middle class, you win the election and it cannot be any longer. It cannot just be the middle class. It has to be the people that are demanding better for themselves and their community have to be voting and pressuring the politicians. The the politicians will become whoever we want them to be. Right. But where my black women at? (laughs) They're coming up. They're coming up. You know? Black women, where you at? <laughs> I mean, Jesus. we've got, we've got, you know, yeah. Uh, I mean, we're breaking records right now with women, black women, uh, LGBTQIA representatives. Like we're shattering, yeah. we're we're shattering what has always been, and I think we're going to start to see a change as those uh, those political leaders start to evolve and they they grow. So I think we're on the brink, but you know, at the same time. It's a transition in the country, and I think that's why we're seeing so much pushback. It's fear-based. It's you know oh, people yeah. seeing that the things that they've always been accustomed to are going away, and they're actually being diverted to yeah. others uh, to make things more fair. Well, it doesn't seem fair when you're losing yeah. something that maybe you've always had, and then there's a whole other you know psychological. Well, that's side that of saying. This, but... People think they're being oppressed. They, mm-hmm. they think they think they're being oppressed when people just want equal. Right. People just want the same as you. You're not being oppressed. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. and the systems have always been built for a certain narrow focus of people. 
And, you know, yeah. at, we're at a point right now where we're saying, you know, those systems haven't been working that well. And they're like, really, to who? Well, to all of these people that are about to be the majority. And I think we're right on the cusp of that. And we just need to mobilize. We need to, 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 to help people realize that their voice counts. And so I think we're getting there. I think we're getting there. All right. So I got a question for you before we go. All right. And then we'll, that's how we'll wrap it up. Okay. What do you think is the most important issue that people were looking at for this election? In your opinion, what do you think? And I, you know, I think there's, I think there's a top three, so you can only have one. We both get to pick one. What are people looking at the most? You're talking about like every U.S. citizen? You're- I mean, the collective us, as we look at this 2020 election, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What what's the thing that you're focused, if you had to center in on one thing that mattered the most, what do you think? I think that most people are probably, it's some somehow connected to the economy, unfortunately. But I would say, I mean, I think it depends on what your priorities are and who you're probably going to be voting for. Because I think that there is, uh, I think that there is social and democratic principles at play. And I think each side looks at it very differently. Um, So I think there's that, but I think ultimately it comes down to that. There's a lot of people that are, uh, that are racist, sexist, homophobic, that even if they don't realize it, that's they want to keep things the way that they've been and they're fear fearful that they're going away. So they can come up with whatever reason that they want. But I think that that's at the heart of it. I think on another side, I think that there is the decency of who we are as, um, as a country, as a democracy and what we're showing the rest of the world and what we're showing our neighbors. And I think to me, we have all these, um, these issues on the table and they're all really important, but I think philosophically that is the type of election that we're in right now. This comes down to what type of human are we? Mm-hmm. I'm glad you? you said that because, uh, you said the economy first and that's disappointing. And for a good majority of like, you know, that, let's see, 40% of people, mm-hmm. that's their thing. And that's what they hide behind. Yep. You know what I mean? I hate that. You can't mm-hmm. hide behind that. Shut up. You know, mm-hmm. that's how I feel about it. Um, but so I wouldn't pick that one because when I think about there's more of us than there are of them, I think that it's gone too far. Mm-hmm. And when when all that went down with George Floyd, and I know that, you know, social media, you know, has ebbs and flows and all that, but... If you remember the number of days of protests across the country in all sorts of areas, if you remember the way, well, I remember the way social media was blanketed and still is blanketed. Like we're not going to forget. Mm-hmm. And it was in so many people's faces who, you know, maybe they didn't realize it was as bad. They didn't know, you know, or the, even the people that were still on the cusp of being able to have their mind changed or could be educated. I mean, we've seen a substantial shift, I think in, in numbers that we needed to in, across across racial lines. And so I think the people who want it to be like what you said at the end of your comment about like we're a human race and like it's got to be about like coming together. I mean, the more of us, those are the people that were out early voting. Those are the people that are standing in line for hours and hours and hours because like they've had enough. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. I'm That's hopeful, the, dude. I'm trying not to be, but yeah. I am. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, Hopeful got us in, in a lot of trouble four years ago, so I think people have a little bit of trauma. I still have a lot of trauma from that, but you know, we're a few hours away from things to start coming in, and I think one of the last articles I looked at said that things have been mostly peaceful, other than you know some trucks trying to run buses off the road and some you know horrible um, non-de-escalating tactics from police of peaceful protesters. Um, so we've obviously got some of or that police, still going on, but uh, posing with the Proud Boys—that's always fun. Yeah. Yeah, I mean there there's some crazy Cute. crazy shit out there, and that's that's happening right now. But I think um, we're seeing that a lot of people are getting to the polls, they're casting their vote, they're supporting each other. I just drove by a um, uh, a, a bus with you know blaring music for all the voters that were waiting in line um, in downtown Detroit. Nice. So that was really awesome to see. I mean, I think um, there's a lot at stake, but people are trying to remain hopeful. Um, it's all we have right now. Um, so hopefully everyone out there listening is, is safe, has, has been able to vote or has been able to participate in whatever way that, that was for you in this election. And that in the days to come, we're all going to stay sane and we're going to do what we can with what's, uh, what happens, what the outcome is and, and stick together in this and figure out how to just keep getting better. That's my hope. Right. I'm hoping that all the other stuff I said before, cause since I'm on this, I'm hoping thing, but <laughs> I'm hoping that at our next show, right, that I'm able to say, can you freaking believe we have a black woman vice president? Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that I can say that. Yeah. If, you know, we're at the point where it's a debacle or a fiasco and it's in litigation and whatever, right? I mean, I think that we've we've got a blue wave coming that's going to be incredible. But if not, we, we do. We got to be strong. We got to be smart. We got to stay safe, you know, mm-hmm. and we have to remember there's more of us than there are of them, but we have to still be, what's the word they say? Um, vigilant. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We got to mm-hmm. be vigilant out here though. And watch these people because yeah. to your point, running a bus off the road, these people are empowered, right? I mean, be safe. We just saw last week, another transgender female was shot in the head. Like, you know, we, we gotta be smart. We gotta stay safe. We gotta be vigilant. Um, mm-hmm. But we got a shot. You know, yeah. we got a shot to, to be looking different next week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this certainly will not be the last time that we talk about politics on this show or the president or what happens in this election. Um, this will probably be a, a ongoing theme that just naturally is going to come up in the work that we're going to be doing and the issues that we're going to be talking about. But hopefully tonight goes in some good directions. I uh, hope everyone's safe out there. Um, and um, next week, it'll be interesting to see where we're at. Yeah, I'm telling you, if Kamala is our vice president next week, <laughs> I'm doing something crazy on this show. <laughs> Let me just tell you. Okay. All right. I can't be wait. Ready. I can't be wait. You, be, you better start planning tonight because I am I'm absolutely hopeful. We're going to do it. Yeah. And, you know, the things that we get to look forward to, right? Let's get gay marriage. Let's, let's get, you know what I mean? Let's get our insurance back together. Let's do all these things and move it forward mm-hmm. while we can. Um, yeah. But anyway. Yeah, this is a good show, Daniel. I love talking to you. How yeah. fun! Yeah, back at you, Lane. This is good. I'm glad I had this. This is very therapeutic for me. I'm gonna go and have a glass of wine right now, and I'm gonna chill out, and I'm going to maybe meditate for a little bit and make sure that um, my energy stays stays good and healthy. So I, I wish the back, I wish that back to all of you and to you, Lane. And um, we'll be talking next week. Yeah, everybody, stay safe. Uh, be well. Take care of yourselves. Take care of your family. We'll see you next week. All right. Peace.